0: Hello and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Raquel, and today I'm joined by evolutionary astrologer, herbalist, and yoga instructor, our friend, the incredibly talented cosmic guide, Nura Rochelle, is here and we are going to dive into the transits and tarot of November of 2020 together. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes and share it out with your network's. All right, let's jump into this. Hello, Nara. It's so awesome to have you back. Hello. Thank you for having
1: me. I love all things tarot and astrology, and especially you, birthday twin.
0: Ah, so, so good. And it's our season coming up here (laughs) soon. But before we get to that, it's Scorpio season, baby. We're here. It's November, and we just came out of the October portal, as I'm calling it, with that double full moon, blue moon, and Taurus just came and went. That was intense. Mm Mm-hmm. Veil was very thin. Yes, super thin. And still is. Yeah. If you're listening to this in the very beginning of November, the veil is still very thin. Stay away from your Ouija board. (laughs) You know, just for now. You don't need to contact the other side. You could, but, you know, maybe you want to get a supervisor in there for that. Somebody who knows what they're doing. I don't know who that is. Is there I mean, such a thing
1: as a Ouija expert? It's Scorpio season. So you got to reach out to the medicine people. You got to find a Scorpio. The guy. That's what you got to do. You know? 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: There is a Scorpio shaman out there waiting for you to find them. Yep. Good and, old soul retrieval time. Yep. And that's the portal. So welcome out of it. I know it feels like we're still in a portal because Election Day is coming. And it's here. yeah. It's practically here. So let's jump right into some of these quick announcements before we go into the tarot and the transits for November. So first off, announcement number one, if you haven't voted yet, please go vote. If you can vote, your vote does matter. The more of us the vote, the more likely change can happen. You should vote. That's my two cents on voting. Thank you for listening. (laughs) And also, if you are in one of the states where you have to stay in line to vote, stay in line. Because legally, they have to let everybody in line vote. So don't let any weird, like, harassing poll person, which I've sadly heard about, like, hanging around and, you know, telling that you need to leave or whatever, stay. Stay where you are. Actually, I read an article recently about someone showing up to the polls in a Black Lives Matter shirt. And they got turned away because it was deemed a political shirt, which it's like a statement and a movement. And legally, they couldn't do that. I think that was in a southern state. But the reality is that those people were turned away and legally they shouldn't have been. So question authority. Channel that Scorpio Mm -hmm. energy and stand up for yourself and make sure that your vote does get counted. And for mailing it, go drive it to a specific box. Mm -hmm. Drop it in.
1: And I think it's important, too, to remember you're not just voting for yourself. You're voting for your ancestors in the past who couldn't vote, if that's part of your story. You're also voting for the next seven generations and beyond. So it does matter.
0: It really, really, really does matter. So, And Nura, you get to vote this year. Yes, I'm so excited. So it's a really big deal. Yeah. Canadians, man. Let's get all of them over here. Let's get them registered. Let's get them voting. (laughs) We also have obviously uni is not here so he is on a travel he is exploring his homeland and he is going to be joining us again for the next episode so uni we love you we can't wait to have you back again soon and i know that you're having a fantastic time in your homeland rediscovering your roots so wonderful and i also know that uni is still doing readings so you can reach out to him at Aquarian underscore sage On Instagram, if you want to get a tarot reading, he can do them virtually. Always down to chat with people too if they have questions about tarot. You guys know that uni's pure magic, so feel free to reach out anytime. Nura, you're also still offering astrology readings and you're teaching astrology.
1: Yeah, that I am. And just wanted to do an extra shout out to Uni for doing his readings in, I think, five languages.
0: Yeah. Or maybe it's four, but he speaks sarcasm and we were counting that as a language. (laughs) So it's amazing. It is amazing. Inclusivity. Yeah. So amazing. And there's different types of magic that I feel come through with different languages.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all learning different languages right now in our own way, North Node, Gemini time. But yeah, so I'm teaching, doing readings, all things collaborative, re astrology, health, healing, wellness. I'm also back in school, which is very exciting. Yeah, I'm trying to get into acupuncture. So maybe one day you'll see the astro-acupuncture situation
0: happening. I'm so here for it. That's going to be so cool. Lots of up-leveling happening. Uh, this month, only birthday I have on my radar, and if I'm forgetting you, I love you and I'm sorry, is my cousin Colton. Happy birthday on the 27th, Sagittarius in November. Holla. Happy birthday to all of our Scorpio folks and our, our Sagittarians who have the November birthdays. We see y'all. You're amazing. Hang in there. This is a little bit of an intense month, but you're still shining brightly, and this too shall pass.
1: We in the cave.
0: We in the cave and everybody got a COVID birthday this year. So you're not alone. (laughs) Sagittarians, you're up next. Last announcement is the affirmation destination focus for November, which is also a challenge month. We're hosting a 30 day gratitude challenge in November. So every day is going to be inspiring you to reflect on one thing that you are grateful for. One of them I recall is I'm grateful for my breath. Mm. I am so grateful for my breath, especially with all this respiratory shit going on this year. So grateful for that. So inspiring you to ground down into some gratitude. The focus is embodying gratitude. And we've defined this as expressing gratitude for all that we already have.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. What a high level essence of Scorpio. Thinking every little detail, Gemini North Node, every helping hand. We're reminiscent of Virgo season here. Mm -hmm. And every lesson for its contribution to our personal growth and development. Hello, Capricorn Stellium. We see you. We feel you. And we are ready for you to stop (laughs) in the new year. We are ready to move y'all into Aquarius. It's going to be so good. We're not there yet, but we're going to be there soon. Before we get to the transits, let's chat about these tarot cards that I pulled for the month of November. I normally just shuffle and then pull cards individually. For some reason, when I pulled these cards for this episode, I laid out all the cards across my table. And these five cards were faced up. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, All right, it's y'all. There was mm-hmm. no like selection. They just made themselves available. It was really interesting too, because I haven't done a reading for myself or other people recently that pulled any of these cards. And they happened to be all next to each other and all faced upright. So it was just very obvious when I spread out the cards that this is what was here.
1: Isn't that so amazing? Like in a year where there's never been more information overwhelm and choices have been harder than ever. It's like, oh, well, some things can be easy. These are other cards. Yeah. You don't have to think twice
0: about it. Exactly. Exactly. And I couldn't deny it either. When I saw them, I was like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is what's here. Cool. So what is here, the main energy of what we're navigating in the month of November is the hanged man or the hanged one for inclusivity. This card depicts an individual hanging upside down with one foot crossed behind the other. There is a halo around their head and this card is ruled by Neptune. And there's a lot going on with Neptune this month. So I definitely feel that this energy is very present. The hanged man is the card right before death. It's card number 12. Casual. Casual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no big deal. (laughs) So really, it's the card where we're really getting ready to let go. We're getting ready to release. We're getting ready to transition. But we're being asked and invited to just chill with where we're at. And staying where you are when you can imagine and envision where you could be is really hard. It's the feeling of like, I'm ready for a vaccine. And yet we don't have one. And when we do have one, it won't instantly like snap. Everything's fixed. It doesn't work like that, but we want it to as humans. So when you get the hangman in a reading, getting it in this collective reading, it's really asking us, can we just hang out until our perspective shifts Mm -hmm. because we don't have all the answers yet and we don't have to even if we feel like oh I should know the answer I should know exactly this like we need time and space to do our research
1: absolutely and it's being a Neptune card, Neptune retrograde in Pisces asking us to really be still surrender to just listening not forcing ourselves to make decisions out of confusion but allowing the space and the time that naturally
0: organically brings clarity exactly so hangman's going to be present with us in all of these transits we also have judgment present and that is the card i pulled for what is hidden or challenging us i would definitely say that this is not hidden we're feeling the energy of judgment and something that I haven't brought up on this podcast that I think is super interesting and worth mentioning is that the year 2020, two plus zero plus two plus zero is four, which is the emperor, which is why we're in an emperor year. Or are we in a double judgment year? <laughs> 20. 20. Mm-hmm. Judgment is the 20th card in the major arcana I hadn't really thought about that at all until I saw this card and I thought, all right, yeah, double judgment. I'm really feeling that. I'm really feeling the rebirth. So, the visual of this card is we have this angel playing, fuck, is that a flute? (laughs) What what would you call that? A flute trumpet? A trumpet? (laughs) I wanted to call it a flute, but I'm pretty sure it's a trumpet, y'all. So, we have this angel playing its flute trumpet. And has red wings and coming out of the ground, it kind of looks like planters (laughs) are these naked people coming out with their hands and they're just like rising. It is judgment day. Are they supposed to be coming out of graves? Is that the I think traditional that's what idea? It is. But I guess my brain wanted them to be plants. Yeah, no, I see that too. Yeah, they but look I... more like planters, but I think you're right. It's coffins. Okay. We gotta bring that Scorpio season in here. <laughs> it's death. It's death. And yeah, I mean, right? in judgment But is the... it's rebirth. Exactly. And judgment's the card right before the world. And the world to me is like I am born judgment before the world is i'm being reborn Mm. because i'm born it's the world we pulled that card last month too which is ironic we also pulled death last month and we have both of the cards here that come right before both of those cards which is telling me that we're not done we're not done dying Mm. and i know a lot of people hear that and they're like oh god i'm still here i'm still having to go through this sucks I'm grateful. I'm so glad that I'm not done dying because there's so many parts of me that I still want to let go of. And this year is not over yet, guys. We have some more time to let go. Yes. And Judgment is asking us, can you do that?
1: Absolutely. And that whole letting go side of Scorpio, that purgative nature, that emetic nature, like get the thing out that is hurting you. Get it out. Let it go. It's causing you pain. Why hold on to it?
0: Yeah. It's a sliver in your finger. You're going to just let that thing float around forever? Or are you going to pull it out and just brace the pain for a moment and then let the healing begin? Because it's not until we remove what's hurting us that we can really begin to heal. Otherwise, we heal around it. Mm. And then it's trapped mm. inside of us. And we don't need anything that's going to make any of us feel any more trapped than quarantine has. <laughs> right? Yeah. We felt trapped enough. And maybe that's just my Sagittarius coming through being like, I'm good. Well, the number one shadow of Scorpio
1: is definitely stagnancy. Mm. And when we're not moving around as much as maybe we would like to be for health, stuff is going to build up. The toxins are going to build up mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Those toxins are in there and they're going to poison the well basically Mm. so it's kind of it's time to drain the well let it let it be drained and maybe there's gold in there maybe that's why it's so sad and so hard because that was a well that was filled by your past experiences there's wisdom in there it's not all for nothing but it's kind of like this trust if you Remember that water always seeks its own level, and Scorpio is a water sign. Mm. It will refill to the level that you need it to be right now, and
0: it's going to be more appropriate than whatever you're holding on to. Yeah, that's the Scorpio motto is instead of we will rebuild, which is so Capricorn, <laughs> is we will refill. <laughs> I know yes. there's, some, there's a Scorpio out there who's like, yeah, give me another glass of wine. I'm hearing this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Go get that glass of wine. You might need it for the election. Hang oh in gosh. there. So the next card that I pulled was the Two of Swords. That is what is here to support us. This card is an air card because the sword suit is air. This card is all about setting boundaries. And the way that this card looks, there is a female. She's seated. She's got two swords crossed before her. She's wearing a blindfold. There is water behind her, but she's on land. And there is a little crescent moon up in the background, So from the imagery, we know that this is about dropping in to your center and really being careful about what input you're receiving. Checking in with yourself. This card makes me think of all the radio static of other people's opinions or expectations or thoughts. And we as a society, having this urge to go out to find the answers like, Oh, you know, I can't get clear about this. So I need to go get advice or I need to get a mentor or, and I mean, teachers are great. I'm not against that at all. I think that's super important as a time and a place, but also, and especially in Scorpio season, going in and being careful about all the static and the noise and figuring out, okay, what is serving me and setting those boundaries to be like, until I know what's mine and what's not mine, I can't let you in. And I still love you, (laughs) you know, like you can still love somebody strongly and have that boundary. And that's what the Two of Swords is all about, is about embodying boundaries. And it also has to do with thoughts and input. This is Mercury retrograde magic as well here in this card.
1: I can't help but notice the moon crescent, of course, and then my mm-hmm. mind immediately sees that too. And I'm like, oh, Gemini. Okay, so we've got a couple big moon and Gemini moments this month. And that whole piece there too of needing to make decisions when faced with duality, which is Gemini, looking at things from all of the different perspectives, but needing to lean into our intuition, the water, our emotional guidance system yes, to make those choices and not letting it be like you said led only by the sword like the sword doesn't look like it's in an active position it looks like it's in a
0: protective position so Scorpio yeah
1: it's it's like waiting and listening and again similar to that waiting until clarity comes not
0: needing to make a choice until you really know yeah you can go get everybody else's thoughts and feelings and opinions at any moment at any moment in time But you can't just go get any of your thoughts, emotions, and feelings at any moment. You have to get really quiet Mm -hmm. to be able to hear that. You have to tune in to your intuition, like you were saying. And the moon and the water being present is asking you, are you willing to feel until you get the answer?
1: Mm -hmm. And this is a longer theme, too, with the North Node in Gemini being our guiding light, our shining North Star, literally right now, where we get to... Really look at the interface. I feel like this month is all about interfaces. Macro-micro, right-left, black-white, yin-yang, all of these different Republican, Democrat. Oh, my God. I wasn't <laughs> so going to say it. It's I wasn't going to say it, it's but there. it's there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how can we be willing to see all of the sides and still then come back into ourselves and, and feel what we're
0: feeling so that we can make a clear choice? And then the card that I pulled for something that we should be paying attention to is the seven of pentacles. Pentacles for me are earth. This card is a stop and wait. It's the putting in the work. And I see the work that I've put in. this figure is standing with a like, standing stick that he's holding. He's leaning on. He's looking at the pentacles that have grown. And yet he knows that they're not done. The he work isn't done. He also looks tired. He is. He is. He's been putting in the fucking work. He's like, Capricorn stellion has been kicking my ass, man.
1: Yeah.
0: He's been feeling that. He's exhausted, but he's not done. And this card with sevens often speak to something that appears to be external, but has an internal part to it. So it, he's focused on the work that he's done on the outside. This month in Scorpio season is asking you to reflect on the work that you've done on the outside and give credit for the work that you've been doing on the inside as well. Mm -hmm. Don't only acknowledge one of the two because only one of the two is like celebrated in society. Mm -hmm.
1: And that's totally that Saturn and Capricorn piece. Saturn can be so supportive for measuring the progress that you've already made. And I think that's a really important piece. It's like celebrating your wins, celebrating the small things that you've already achieved, knowing that you're never really
0: done. Yeah. And it's channeling the patience too, the patience in the process. Whenever I get this card, seven of pentacles, and I see this guy and I see how hard he's been working and I think about myself and how hard I've been working and how I'm so ready to not be working this hard. I'm ready to be good at the thing that I've been trying to get good at. Right. It's how it was with the podcast audio editing I was like I have no idea what I'm doing (laughs) (laughs) but I figured it out you know and I remember being in this phase of that and yet I'm in this phase again with other things in my life now because we're constantly learning North Node and Gemini like you were Mm -hmm. saying like we're constantly acquiring new knowledge and until you complete the course you can't take the training wheels off there's still some training wheels here
1: And the Scorpio wisdom piece is like, well, you're always going to be coming back to the same cycles too. So if Mm. you have been here before, what did you do that was great? What did you do that was not so great? I mean, the whole Mercury retrograde in Scorpio, the Mars retrograde in Aries, you know, all of these retrogrades asking us to go back to the past, look at what went well, what didn't go well, make a new choice
0: accordingly. And the last card that I pulled for November as our soulful guide is the Nine of Pentacles, which has a woman in a beautiful lush robe. There is a lot of greenery behind her. She's got this bird perched on her hand like what kind of bird is that do you think I think it's a hawk or a falcon i mean she's like a badass she's... i want to say it's a
1: parakeet but i bet that's completely wrong <laughs> isn't it i mean it looks like a bird of prey and she's got like the glove on
0: it's got a little red head it's so cute yeah i love it's it it's precious. so adorable
1: i had an uncle who did hawking i think he, he called it or birding it was really cool yeah she reminds me of palace athene to be honest ooh, like, epic she's badass Tell us about Pallas Athene. So some call her Pallas Athena. Some call her Pallas Athene. You know, it's Greek. Pallas Athene is the goddess asteroid of creative intelligence. And she's also balanced between spiritual material, also masculine feminine. She's empowered. She is a warrior. She's also gentle, intelligent teacher, guide, facilitator. So she, in my opinion, is this highest... Attribute of what we're really creating with this Capricorn stallion. She's in Capricorn right now showing us what true feminine leadership can really look like, Mm. really embodying feminine wisdom and all that that entails, especially about the material process in life and our bodies and our health and how that intersects with the resources that
0: we are chasing. Yeah. And this card is all about resources too. It's also a pentacles card. It is the nine. It's right before the completion, having the seven and the nine present as what we want to pay attention to and what's here to guide us. Pentacles happen very slowly, usually slower than we want them to. And when you look closely on the nine of pentacles, Smith Rider weight card, you'll see that there is a little snail Ah. hiding at the bottom And that snail is there to remind us that it's going to take time and that we just need to enjoy that time. And this card is about enjoying what we're about ready to harvest.
1: That really feels like something I've been personally tuning into a lot with enjoying Capricorn. Like yeah. I I feel myself embodying that yin cardinal earth more. And it's not in the shadow way. I think a lot of times we're taught about the shadow side of Capricorn. And especially right now with Pluto and Saturn, we're we're taught about and we're talking about the destruction and the dismantling of a broken society. But there's also this really beautiful, wise elder. Capricorn that feels so good when you can actually tune into her. She's like the grandmother who's got her shit together and yeah. she's rocking it. She's healthy. She's sexy. She's powerful. She's intimidating and inspiring. <laughs> you know, yeah. she's amazing. And, and that's what I really feel that she knows. She knows the power and the, the magic and the wisdom that comes from going slow and being fully okay with
0: where we are now. Yeah, it really is the enjoying the journey energy and I know a lot of us have struggled to enjoy any of this journey that we've been traveling through this year but this card is here to ask us as our guide can you just be proud of everything that you have accomplished Mm -hmm. and can you be okay with quote how long it took you to accomplish those things they call a a college degree a bachelor's a four-year degree fuck that took me seven years. There's nothing wrong with how long it takes you to blossom. Mm -hmm. We're all going at different rates. And this card is a reminder of that. It's a reminder to look at everything that you've done and accomplished. Take a pause. Get a bird on your hand. (laughs) Hang out with a snail. And remember that, you know, this is all this way because of you. It's all the work that you put in. Enjoy the work yeah celebrate
1: yourself and know that that celebration of yourself is what's going to carry you forward
0: to the finish line absolutely and with that as our foundation let's weave some of these transits into the tarot first transit that we're going to chat about is mercury stations direct on tuesday november 3rd if that's a date that sounds familiar <laughs> to you it's cuz it should that is election day i'm anticipating a little bit of turbulence here I'm scared yeah it's gonna be (laughs) it's gonna be an intense day the reality is and this is not from me and my expertise it's from the expertise of many many other people the likelihood of us having our results 100 on election day is like zero percent it's not going to happen we have to be okay with that but that doesn't mean that there won't be some chaos around it And the main thing I'm concerned about with Mercury stationing direct on election day, still in its shadow period for three weeks. Exactly. (laughs) For the majority of the month, it's going to be in the shadow period is to watch out for misinformation. Mm -hmm. Lots of fake articles, things, you know, declaring a winner, things like that is I think we need to be really aware and just careful and taking ownership of what we share. Absolutely. I mean, I'm always a proponent of Mercury
1: retrograde times as like a time where we get to kind of be quiet, like we're always expected to be talking and saying what we think and feel and all of these things and sharing our opinion like we've all got one. And I think that the Mercury retrograde is like, oh, well, it's okay to not, you know, unless you're 100% sure that it's truth. You know, you don't have to just say something just to join the crowd or, you know, get into like the mob mentality of something. But that being said, if there's something that is really aligned with your integrity and your truth, this is the ultimate time to say that. So this is, again, where that Libran balance is going to ask us for balance between self and other, really finding our center here.
0: Absolutely. And looking at the astrology of Election Day, it is really interesting that the moon is conjunct the North Node and Gemini on this day, we are going to feel the polarization. People are going to probably be crying. (laughs) Absolutely. There will be tears. It's Scorpio season. Of course, there's going to be tears. There's nothing wrong with that. Let it out. I mean, and some people are really good at confrontation
1: and conflict, probably people who have a lot of Gemini in their chart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And then there's some people who are really bad at it. So just knowing where you are, where you fall in that, you might want to be the, you know, the person who's kind of at the leading edge, saving the people who don't want to have those those really tough conversations. And just being aware that Gemini invites challenge and opposition by its very nature because Gemini archetypally wants to find truth through relating and through integrating opposite perspectives. So by nature, it
0: requires opposition. Yeah. And right out the gate, we've got a square to Neptune on this day as well. Just challenging our dreams of what we want, the end result of this election to awaken for us. There are going to be moments when it feels like It's going one way in moments when it feels like it's going a completely different way. Moon in Gemini is going to be very strong this day, pointing us towards that north node, towards where we are headed, whether we want to be headed that direction or not. Absolutely. And this
1: will also be part of that full moon cycle, where at the end of the month, we have a full moon lunar eclipse happening. So really paying attention to what's happening on these Gemini times, knowing where you have Gemini in your chart, for example, what house do you have planets there? Are there any hard aspects, particularly squares? Do you have any planets in Sagittarius, Virgo or Pisces? Really acknowledging that this mutable cross is inviting in mental tension and really asking us to look at the interface between our emotions and our mental tension because this is following a moon cycle. It's also really nice because this is one of the best ways to plan for the future if you for example around election day can start to feel in emotionally how does it feel for you then you'll know next time that the moon's in gemini you're probably going to be experiencing something similar so you can start Mm. to prepare yourself
0: emotionally also yeah moon tracking is really helpful like that like every time that i'm really feeling like all the feels and i look i'm like oh yeah yeah moon's in a water sign
1: yeah, like, we, we tend to know our certain ones where we're like, <laughs> I think I just need to like go in my room
0: for two and a half days. Yeah, yeah. Just for like this moon cycle. No big deal. But you're totally right. Like there's a connection between the moon is going to be in Gemini on Election Day and that full moon lunar eclipse that we close the month of November out with. This is a different kind of portal. In October. That's for sure.
1: It's just such a mercurial (laughs) month. It's like Mercury stationing direct, but then still in that post retrograde shadow phase where, you know, we get these three opportunities to work with the same energy. So we already had the first two. Right. Mm -hmm. Now we're going through the third one and we get to basically highly review these areas of our lives between the end degrees of Libra um, first, I think, 13 degrees of Scorpio. And so we're, we're working with these beginning of Scorpio, end of Libra degrees, and we get to find the highest ground of these things, which is usually when we think of the highest ground of Libra, it's harmony. It's cooperation. Mm. It's being able to listen. It's being able to agree to disagree and still love somebody afterwards. And then the Scorpio is like, okay, and now we can still work together. We can still cooperate. The the highest essence of Scorpio is to really come together and pool our resources so that we're not acting alone. We are actually so much wealthier when you pool our money together. We are stronger when you literally have you know more bodies. So that's the nature of this Scorpio cooperation that I think a lot of times gets missed when we're talking about it
0: yeah I love that it is the integration of resources so following election day mercury is gonna move back into Scorpio on Tuesday the 10th and mercury and Scorpio is super investigative trying to find the real truth And being willing to go however far or however deep is necessary to find that truth. This is very much Two of Swords energy for me. The moment of cutting out all the other static and noise so that you can get clear about the truth. And with Mercury and Libra and then into Scorpio here on the 10th, I think it's going to be really important to feel into is it really the best thing for me to be watching the news right now? Is it really the best thing for me to be getting notifications on my phone all day Mm -hmm. about the news? Maybe I would benefit more from cutting out the noise and creating space to tune into myself. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you can be really intentional
1: about the news resources and things like that. And something that also came up too is like scorpio rules scandals Mm, (laughs) and exposes things so if there is any scandals in the news mercury rules the news kind of just be prepared for that be but in a very positive way i really think that once mercury exits the post-shadow phase and the third week of november we are going to have this enlightenment this illumination of perhaps what we've been kept in the dark about so Stay tuned for that. I'm really curious about how that will look post-elections for the collective.
0: Scandalous. Scandalous. Totally. And following Mercury entering Scorpio, we do have, I believe this is the last Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. Yeah, number three,
1: third time's a charm.
0: Yeah, so this is really solidifying what we've been learning about how we expand since April. Yeah. And when you are trying to become stronger, like you're weightlifting, you're tearing muscles. And I think that is very much what this Jupiter conjunct Pluto repeating has been for us is like expanding ourselves so that we can transform. And it's so uncomfortable and yet worthwhile right because anybody who's ever strengthened their body knows how good it feels afterwards but in the moment it's just it's just excruciating in some ways
1: absolutely we've got to maybe get a massage and move that lactic acid around but really i mean this conditioning is so important that jupiter pluto capricorn this jupiter makes everything bigger That he touches. Mm. And Pluto transforms everything. So basically, this is a nuclear bomb inside our structures.
0: Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) The restructuring is here, and you might start looking outside of just the government and the big macro and look at your life and ask yourself at this point in the year, what have I been asked to restructure? And have I been willing to do that? And if I have been willing to do that, You know what? This is nine of pentacles. What can I stop and pause and be grateful for the work that I put in? Mm -hmm. And also seven of pentacles. And yet the work's not done. Mm -hmm. And I know that. And the judgment, like
1: these old (laughs) bodies just. Popping up out of the ground, these old parts of ourselves, perhaps yeah. old wounds, too. Pluto rules our deepest soul wounding. So on a collective level, our deepest collective Capricornian wounding, you know, the the shadow of the patriarchy, the shadow of capitalism, the shadow of how we make money in the economy, the bottom line, rather than people. I mean, those are some pretty dirty bodies
0: yeah. <laughs> that are
1: being dug up right now. And I think... We can look at those and rather than compounding the shame and the hatred and the anger towards that, we can just look at, okay, well, maybe we just need to clean them, clean them off, you know, restore the dignity, give them what they've been owed, give them back what was taken away from them and more, you know, say sorry, you know, what would you do in the face of judgment if it was you and your soul? So that's what we need to
0: do collectively. Yeah, absolutely. And to go into the shame and... The spiral of, of, <laughs> the spiral of judgment in a negative way, navigating that like that is just going to have that negative result. Can you extend yourself grace through the rebirth that is judgment, that is this Plutonian energy that has been so heightened all year long with the stellium in Capricorn, asking us, hey, can you wake up? Are you ready to wake up? Here we are, third conjunction. Are you awake yet? And if you aren't, don't worry, because the Great Conjunction is coming, and it's going to wake your ass up if you're not awake yet.
1: It's going to literally jolt
0: you with electricity. And that is, (laughs) you know, not it's not on a very important date at all, winter solstice. No big deal. No big deal. Coming up in December. Stay tuned. I just love that, that synchronicity. (sighs) Seriously. There's been a lot of that this year, especially with we just had that full moon in Taurus. On the last day, on Halloween, yeah, saw Wayne. Yeah, I mean, I've
1: noticed, I've been observing the people and astrology Mm -hmm. and more people than ever are astrologers. And I love that so much because I think people are realizing that the synchronicity is undeniable. Oh, yeah. Like seeing how something is is so plainly, literally happening and you're watching that correlation. And that's what it is. It's observation correlations, especially when we're working with these conjunctions that occur between retrograde planets and we're experiencing them three times. You can go physically back to these dates and observe, correlate what was going on in your life, what was going on in the collective. And then likely you're going to be confronting that exact same
0: thing again this time around from a higher plane of consciousness these planetary cycles are just the externalization of the internal patterns that we're constantly going through and we're doing generational work too which is so plutonian is like what we were saying about voting you going and casting your vote is a vote on behalf of everybody in your familial line all your ancestors, and especially if you're a person of color, if you are a woman, if you're going and casting a vote, that is such a radical act of love for yourself, for the future, for the past. It's also connected. It's Plutonian work. That's why it, it seems so scary. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, I mean, that's what I really
1: think that Jupiter can offer, the relationship with Pluto, because Although we know that this is hard work, we're not going to sugarcoat it. It's really challenging. But Jupiter reminds us that there's always that silver lining. There's always that higher self present. The soul is always present. There's always a reason why these things are happening. There's always room for faith. There's always room for optimism, enthusiasm, encouragement. We don't have to be sad and depressed in order to take responsibility and do the right thing. We can be happy. And acknowledge, yep, there's homelessness, but we could still do our best to have a smile on our face and go give them food. Like, we don't have to be all negative in order to show up in the negative places and do something positive.
0: Yeah, you can use judgment for good. You don't always have to use judgment in a way that hurts. And Andreas, when he was on the podcast, he said that he likes to think about this card as discernment instead of judgment for that very reason. Because we hear that and our brain goes there and my brain goes there with Pluto naturally. So, of course, it's just giving yourself the time and space to breathe and just be like, all right, I don't need to jump on this and judge it. And that brings us to Mars going direct on Friday the 13th. (laughs) I can't even. Like, it's just it's so perfect. I mean, it really is. And this is to me, this is a, a turning point in the year. Because this Mars retrograde has been so potent and so important for us to reestablish our relationship with ourselves and our output of energy. Questioning, like, why am I making these moves? Why am I buying into the productivity culture? Can I just be? And we've been in that energy all of October, And we're going to be breaking free from it. We're going to be feeling like these naked people on the judgment (laughs) card coming out. I'm here. I'm ready to go. Somebody get me on a boat. Let's get out of here. But of course, there's a shadow period. So we're not out of it. January, folks. Yep. We're not out of it yet. So we're still here. We still have this opportunity to engage with our energy and ourselves and think about what work do we still have left to do and instead of thinking like oh I'm still here till January it's like I'm I get to still be here till January thank goodness I still have some work to do yeah I mean seven of pentacles
1: anybody who's ever studied the art of fire knowing how to light one. I just got a wood stove this year in my new house, which is really exciting. And so I'm like doing that every morning and it's so (laughs) exciting. But I'm like, whoa, fire is like surprisingly delicate. It it easily goes out if there's too much air. It doesn't turn on if there's not enough air, like there's nuances and variables. And that's just a simple externalized element. We also experience that level of nuance to an exponential degree within ourselves. And Until we're really clear on what exactly our fire is telling us to do, we can burn out. We can cause explosions. Like We can just be reckless. And I think that's the shadow side of Mars and Aries that a lot of people have been working with. I know Carrie was talking about uh, self-sabotage on the last episode. That's something that I think the Mars retrograde in Aries has really shown us all. How are we able to recognize those patterns and make a new choice, sit with ourselves and really tune into what we actually want because we, we have all of these behaviors based on what we think we want, but what do we actually want? And we will not make the right choice until we're very clear on that.
0: And clarity has been really hard to come by this yeah. year with these retrogrades and the Mercury retrograde and still being in the shadow period and the election and things being up in the air. It's There's so much confusion, yeah. but clarity is coming Patience is the key. Mm -hmm. And I say that as somebody who is perpetually learning how to be more patient. Anytime we have a planet
1: retrograde, we're redefining the function of that planet. Mm. So the redefinition of how we take action, the redefinition of movement, maybe we're literally in our daily lives moving our bodies in a different way and noticing, oh, wow, this is actually so much better for me or there's a lot of different ways we could angle this, like our food and our diet and our exercise, because Mars and Aries are both correlated to the body and therefore our instincts. And so that health component and being able to be clear enough physically so that we can even notice that we're having an instinctual
0: response.
1: If we're moving too fast, if we're on autopilot, we're not even going to be able to be aware like, oh, my body's telling me that I should go this way,
0: you know? There's so much awakening to autopilot this whole year. And with the Capricorn Stellium is like, what structures have we built that have enabled the autopilot? Which is funny when you think about self-driving cars (laughs) and that being kind of the future, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, how much more autopilot could you get than that? Yeah, I think we really need to just stay tuned to
1: our own power, our own inner biological technology, which I really think this Scorpio new moon is going to be reminding us too, because new moon, new cycles, very connected to the self, very connected to the body, very connected to the internal listening and the allowing the quiet. Of course, Scorpio is always in a trine relationship naturally to Pisces. And so this Neptune and Pisces piece is really coming on strong here too. We're going to have big feelings. And we need to give ourselves space for
0: that. Yeah, and allowing yourself to dream, too, with that Neptonian piece is mm. like, just because the idea that you had hasn't materialized yet doesn't mean it's not any more worthwhile mm. than it is. It's okay to have an idea and not act on it. Mm. That's what we've been learning with Mars Retrograde, that our ideas, the things that we want to take action on, don't define us
1: Absolutely. as people.
0: And there's this—so there's so many pieces here, right?
1: Like, we we know that we've got the the Mars and Aries squaring the Capricorn planets. We also know that the Capricorn planets are all sextile with this new moon in Scorpio, with the Neptune in Pisces. And so this Capricorn energy is kind of like that tipping point. And if we tune into what I think is the highest essence here, is, like, how can we take responsibility, right? That's the Capricorn piece— By also confronting our shadow, Scorpio, by also still allowing ourselves to imagine and dream and have empathy, and realize we're part of the collective, that Neptune and Pisces, and still then acknowledge that what we want for ourselves, Mars and Aries, might be different or might be at odds with or in tension with what's happening in the collective. And so what are we going to do about that? And there's no clear one-size-fits-all answer, of course, but I really think this is a collective initiation to really tune into the authenticity of soul desire and the responsibility that we have to carry that out. So this just to me feels like very an empowering time. And, and the more we're able to just sit with that, sit with the acknowledgement of ourselves, the easier it's going to be to make those connections and, and to make those, those choices.
0: Absolutely. And Scorpio new moons always for me, make me think of, you know, what are you healing? Mm, what are mm-hmm. you really focused on healing right now and the questions that i have for you guys with this new moon in scorpio and these are for self-reflection or journaling is what part of you is ready to be healed mm. what part of you is ready to be seen acknowledged and welcomed like what neuro was saying a lot of folks are coming out of the woodwork who love astrology who love tarot And there's a lot of shame around loving things like that that are magical, things that, you know, witches were burned for, right? Mm. So there's a lot of trauma around allowing yourself to come out and be seen Mm -hmm. for what you love or for the things that have touched you so deeply that they changed you. Oh, my gosh. I I think...
1: That this time, I mean, you, you hit it right on the head. We're all collectively healing this massive witch wound. But if you think about it, it's never been, for one, a better time to be a witch. And two, I really think that witches can heal the world right now. I think yeah. we need everybody to be super tapped into their magic and their power. And especially that feminine wisdom. All of these signs that we're talking about, the Scorpio, Capricorn... And and Venus also making some squares too. Mm. She's adding her harmonious voice here as well. There's just a call to the feminine nature within all of us that asks for receptivity, that asks for listening and stillness. We don't have to fight to be heard. We will naturally all get our turn when we just allow that space. That's That's a feminine principle. And so I just really feel like that's what's being awakened right
0: now. A hundred percent. A whisper can be just as loud, if not louder than a scream if you put it on a microphone. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that right? <laughs> we're so creepy. I love it. So I definitely think this new moon in Scorpio is going to be largely focused on healing of self to heal the collective. And Scorpio, like we were saying about resources, it might have to do with With resources and the things that you've attached yourself to that you think, oh, because of this, I have value. It's stripping that back and going, I have value regardless Mm -hmm. with or without this. And with that Capricorn activation, it's also asking you, can you find value in yourself even when the structures around you appear to be crumbling? Mm hmm. And
1: all of these things, it points to values, priorities, how all of this manifests in relationship. And so the Venus in Libra piece, um, she's going to come to a square. To Pluto and Jupiter in Capricorn and then Saturn in Capricorn within four days of each other so between November 15th and 19th and then sandwiched in there Mercury in Scorpio is opposing Uranus and Taurus and so Uranus and Taurus is also you know Taurus being that inner sign that's ruled by Venus um, this Venusian energy of what do we really value this brings up questions of sustainability consciousness around our materialism what do we really value what are we also doing with money this does tie in you know know the the economic system and how we are also continuously voting for that economic system with every purchase mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of evaluating our spending and choices and habits and perhaps maybe we're coming to greater self-sufficiency through cooperation right I really feel like that's what this Venus and Libra offers it's like we can we can actually create so much more when we're creating together and it can be naturally inclusive of all of these different needs and priorities and values and and then that's how we really create a new world. I mean that's that's this regeneration
0: piece too. And we are stepping into a new world in a lot of ways with the movements into Aquarius come the new year. We are going to feel that we are on the dawn of a new day. That like it's like a day that lasts for a long time. <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> forever day. It's going to be good. And following the Scorpio new moon and all of the activations of Venus, like you were saying, the Mercury opposing Uranus energy is going to be ever present with us throughout this whole month. On Saturday, the 21st, we have Venus moving into Scorpio and we also have the sun moving in to Sagittarius. Venus and Scorpio wants to connect on the deepest level this transit to me is the best time to reconnect with folks that you used to be able to go all the way to the bottom of the ocean and have the tough, beautiful, controversial, thought-provoking conversations. Like this is the transit for that. And Sun and Sagittarius is like, also we can be fun and silly and lighthearted and sarcastic and we can set some massive goals together like having those deep conversations can bring you to a place where you're enlightened in a new way hanged man because you've been chilling in the place that wasn't comfortable
1: and i've always seen venus and scorpio i mean i'm biased because i have natal venus and
0: scorpio same same (laughs) we have that in common
1: so of course i'm always (laughs) looking for you know the highest essence of it so in addition to being that shadow seeker i've also noticed that venus in her very nature she brings an energy of harmony and ease and peace so i really view the venus in scorpio as bringing that easefulness to these tough conversations it's like being the ultimate diplomat or being somebody who's able to acknowledge whoa There's some crazy shit going on. Um, How can we honor everybody involved? How can we get to the bottom of this and speak the truth and uncover the mystery, but do it in a way that is easy and brings light and it doesn't have to be this, um, you know, we don't have to get trapped in the shadow.
0: Yeah. You don't have to receive the two of swords as somebody who is guarded. It is just somebody who is fiercely committed to hearing their own soul speak. Mm. But from the outside looking in, this person might appear defensive, but you don't have to be defensive. And maybe you're not even being defensive. Maybe the defensiveness is just a story.
1: Mm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I know that one very well. It's like the Scorpio energy magnetizes and when you become aware of the power of your magnetism, sometimes you're aware that that scares the shit out of people. So you start to learn, okay, I do I have to dial my magnetism down right now, or am I going to stay this powerful? And that's what I really feel is happening with this um, Venus and Scorpio time, especially with Sun and Sagittarius. It's like there's this big energy, this enthusiasm to confront the big topics and it's okay to be loud and it's okay to be a little bit scary like it's it's okay to have that intensity the number one thing that I've heard from people who have a lot of Scorpio in their chart is that they feel too intense for people and so they feel like they have to go be quiet or go be by themselves or dial themselves down but in all honesty if I'm on a battlefield I want the Scorpio
0: on my side oh god me too (laughs) <laughs> definitely definitely I do not want a Scorpio enemy absolutely not they're way too smart and I mean they're so loyal
1: like the oh God, loyalty yes. is yeah, so, so they profound got on my team
0: yeah 100% for that reason that is like the number one Scorpio trait that's not acknowledged enough is the loyalty fierce fierce loyal loving forever friends if you have an amazing Scorpio in your life keep them close and don't ever betray them or you'll regret it <laughs>
1: they will find
0: you that's right Scorpios listening are like damn straight I feel so seen (laughs) so good yes and so happy Sagittarius season at this point in the month we're also fresh out of that Mercury retrograde shadow now here in Sagittarius season so you can channel the energy of the archer to set some big goals and we'll dive more into Sagittarius magic in the next episode so stay tuned for that Neptune is going to be stationing direct on the 28th, right before we have the full moon lunar eclipse in Gemini on November 30th, the last day of the month. Those are our last two transits. Neptune stationing direct for me is always an awakening to illusions and dreams. It's a great time to tap into your dreams. Are you getting any messages? Are you waking up with any specific feelings? Have you tried dream journaling? This be a great time for that. Start integrating some of the answers that you've gotten over the last several months since Neptune went retrograde back in June. And you can use the information that you gain now to start making some moves in your world to bring those dreams to life.
1: Absolutely. And this this confusion and clarity dance that is so Neptune, also, of course, Neptune being square the nodes, Sagittarius, Gemini, and then the sun being in Sagittarius. So that's going to put, eventually, the sun square to Neptune next month. There's a lot that's being confronted in terms of the interfaces between fantasy and reality and what we choose. So we can think of in what ways are we kind of escaping and zoning out and watching Netflix. And and that's okay. You know, we all have our coping mechanisms and the things that we need to do when we just, you know, need to relax. But this Neptune and Pisces piece is calling us actually to greater awareness of oneness of the collective. And so how all of that interfaces too with this um, full moon lunar eclipse, all of this is happening with Neptune square. So the moon in Gemini, opposing obviously the sun in Sagittarius, this is the integration between abstract truth, universal truth, how that plays into personal everyday experience, how this is all being perhaps confronted or challenged by completely opposing worldviews and completely different life experiences that would bring us to those worldviews so we've been working with this one for a while we've had already in june a couple eclipses that were involving these very signs as eclipses are always happening around the north and south node of the moon so This is not a new energy by any means, but we can really use this time to activate the new ideas that have been coming through during the retrograde period, because now everything's going to be direct and we'll get to really find that acceleration, that catapulting, massive, rapid, transformational alchemy happening. I think that a lot of things that maybe feel slow right now are going to start really speeding up around this time.
0: Oh, definitely. With us being out of the retrogrades and the Neptune turning direct even, we're getting this push forward. And all those downloads that we got, it's now time to start putting them into action. And questions that I had for you guys to consider for the full moon, lunar eclipse, in Gemini for self-reflection or journaling are, what old ideas, opinions, or narratives are you ready to release? Something I thought about the word release recently is real ease. I love that so much. Comes from release. So good. It's a full moon, baby. You got to let it go. (laughs) How can you create more spaciousness in your days for creative expression, for those new ideas to come up and flourish? Who can you go to to talk through any of your limiting beliefs, your old narratives that need to go Who's the unbiased confidant that you can trust to hear your truth? That's that Venus and Scorpio. And what from the Venus retrograde period in Gemini, which was back in May from May 12th until June 24th, needs to be laid to rest now? Absolutely. There's a lot of this really looking at the past, looking
1: at history, acknowledging it, knowing that history is always with us, but that there's also certain stories that we can let go of so that we can actually use our faculties of intelligence and intuition to be here making choices in the now
0: which is where we need them to be yep if not now then when now is the moment and by this point in time in the month hopefully we have our election answer and regardless of which way it goes you still have to live your life so really thinking about what you need to let go of on this full moon lunar eclipse so that you can welcome in new things that bring you joy and peace and other good feelings going into the end of this year and finishing up these cycles it's been a big year so far and we're not done with it yet and that may feel extremely frustrating in some ways but at the same time it is a gift we're not done for a reason and that's it. That's all that we've got for you guys today. Thank you so, so much for tuning into the podcast. Thank you, Nura, so much for joining me. I'm so stoked to have you here always. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And can't wait to have you on another episode soon. So keep your guys' eyes and ears peeled for the next episode with don't Nura. Don't peel your ears. Yeah, that would hurt. Maybe you don't want to peel your ears. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you what to do. You do You do what you want to do. Um, Okay, I will tell you what to do, actually. Please vote. That is the last thing that I have to say. Vote. If you can, do it.
1: Yes, and please reach out if you have any questions or curiosities. If you're an astrology student, I'm always happy to talk any of these themes. And I know we're talking about them really collectively, but it can go really deep individually as well. I really think that the ultimate that we all need right now is to be super tapped into our purpose individually and collectively.
0: And what better time to be exploring that than during Scorpio season, moving into Sagittarius season. Such an amazing time to get intimate with your own magic. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. I hope you guys have a great soulful day and we'll see you then.